All right, welcome back to Game of Microphones for part two of our coverage of House of the Dragon, season one, episode nine, The Green Council. We had just left off with Alan Caswell as he was grabbed from his horse during his attempt to flee the Red Keep. Where were we exactly? Uh, they were pulling Caswell off the horse um, as he was trying to, I was saying, as the gate opened up, I was like, oh, what if there's a dragon on the other side? Right, there yeah, wasn't. yeah, yeah. Uh, they pull him off his horse and he's like, get off me, do you know who I am? <laughs> um, and then uh, we don't see Larry Strong in this scene. But this script credits him with saying he was fleeing from the gate. It, but I guess maybe that's the next a, scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. we hear that before, possibly. I'm not sure before, before we the jump visual to. Cut. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, I think so. Um, and Laris, you know, thinks he knows, what, you know, that what Caswell was up to—a warning for the princess, I'd wager. And then uh, Otto tries to get him to confess. What say you? I love that phrase. What say you? What say you? Aragorn says that when he's uh, summoning the spectral demon army, the demon army, or the ghost army. I forget yeah. they have a name in the Return of the King. Yes, I summon you to fulfill your oath. I summon you to fulfill your oath. Fight for me, and I will hold your oaths fulfilled. What say you? <laughs> what say you? So badass. Anyway, and here we get Laris's title, Lord Confessor. So does that mean that he's, is that AKA Royal Torturer? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's why he's got access to the black cells and stuff. Because remember, we were, we were thinking he had mm-hmm. to have some position, uh, right. official position that gave him that type of back yeah ground access to the black cells yeah access to the black cells uh and also it's an official position at king's landing that keeps him there and not right yeah exactly you know his seat true Um, true true lord the lord confessor presumes so caswell says that yeah i think so the lord Um, he's like i have no love for the princess well, then where Which, were you, you going know. with such urgency? I was just going to get some ice cream. I've got to return some videotapes. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I had pressing business down at the docks. Or, I mean, to come up with some excuse, but he just, he yeah, doesn't he, even. The whole time you were getting uh, dragged there, he didn't think of something? Right. He, um, I was like, I wasn't urgent. I just hopped on my horse and was ready to go for a stroll. Just going you know, for I, a stroll. I don't know. I mean, they're going to, they're going to string you up anyway, but I would have tried to. <laughs> <laughs> come up with some kind of excuse, you know, to yeah. maybe they'll buy off on it. But anyway, let the King's justice take him. Oh God. So by the King's justice, do you think they meant Laris or do you think they meant like the death penalty? Yeah. I, I just took it to mean like, I mean, yeah, it's the death penalty. Like when they say let the King's justice, I think they use that phrase when they behead Ned. Right. Like yeah. You so will receive like the, King's the King's justice. justice. Yeah. If that's like automatically death or if that's just like, let the justice system take care of him. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't really quite sure either. Cool line. Yeah, we hear him, see him hanging the next morning as uh, Rainey's makes her escape. Yeah. But probably didn't get a uh, trial by the jury of his peers. Yeah, probably not. 
<laughs> is that a change from the books? Uh, I was under the impression I, that he had survived. Yeah, I'm not books. sure. I haven't gone back and looked, or I haven't, and since yesterday, I haven't heard anybody talk about if, if that is the same fate he meets uh, in the book or not. I mean, I'm sure he dies because, you know. Who doesn't? Every, exactly. <laughs> Everybody does. But. I don't remember if he's hanged at the Red Keep or something else. I had heard somewhere that he went and joined Rhaenyra, so it may be a slight change from the books. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they made an example out of him. Yeah, and whereas they may take the other people captive to try to sway their houses, they killed this one. So maybe the other houses can be swayed and convinced to join the Greens, but the fact that this Caswell is killed may push the Caswell house toward the Blacks. Definitely. So, uh, he, yeah, that's pretty messed up. And he's dragged away, kicking and screaming. They drag him out and he's like, let go of me. This is not right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he's dragged off to the, to the hangman's noose, presumably. Yeah. And uh. yeah. Otto, Otto tells Laris that, that he did well. Um, only my says, duty, oh, Lord Hand. Only my duty. Um, <laughs> and out here, Alan is still screaming and yelling, who do you think you are? Um, and then uh, when we, we learn that Otto knows that Laris and Allison have been talking a lot lately. He spent many hours with the queen of late. And then Laris is, he's like perfectly ready for this. Um, like he hasn't covered his track so much that nobody should know that he and Allison are meeting and talking, but you know, he's, he just kind of turns it around and says, you know, I can make this work for you too. Double agent. So he's exactly. So my question is: Is he going to be a double agent for for Otto, uh, sneaking information for Alice from Alicent, or right. is he going to be a triple agent, tricking Otto into thinking <laughs> Otto he's a double agent? Think he's a double agent, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then really doubling again. Yeah, I love that stuff. I just wrote he's playing both Alicent and Otto. Yeah. So when Otto thinks he's kind of got him pinned here, it's like, what have you been doing, spending all this time with the Queen? And he's just ready to just turn it around and like, oh, I'm doing it for you. You know, we can learn, you know, this, this and this about what the queen's doing. Yeah. All the information is at your disposal. Exactly. He's he'll tell Otto what he thinks Otto needs to know. And he'll tell Allison what he thinks Allison needs to know. And he'll withhold information. I think this is me. My what I think Laris is really up to. Yeah. Very Baelish of him. Yeah. He'll withhold information when it'll benefit him for them not to know something. Yeah. So that sounds about right. He's not loyal to anybody but himself. I don't think. Yeah. That makes sense. Although he does seem to have a thing for Allison's feet. And if he can't get Mo feetsies, maybe he would be upset. <laughs> he might be loyal to them. Stanky feet more than anything else. Well, I mean, Otto has feet too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Maybe his uh, tastes are uh, less discriminating. <laughs> yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I think here we uh, we go to the the Silent Sisters wrapping Viserys' body. Yeah, I loved how they had those like banners uh, sticking up on two poles from their backs. Yeah, they were like that in the original show. As oh, some interesting, nice costume design. Um, yeah, I think George incorporated that it. into uh, Elden Ring. Also, I seem to remember oh, potentially nice. characters in the video game having that similar type of thing, but I may be wrong about that. Maybe I'm just remembering Game of Thrones. But yeah, Alicent is looking positively bereft as the Silent yeah, Sisters really. are wrapping up Viserys. And it, really, it, she's really upset. Yeah, and this is what lends me to think that she really did love Viserys on some level. And I think that her uh, 
choosing to back Aegon is out of loyalty to Viserys largely because she knows Aegon is a fuckstick, you know, and she under like she slapped the shit out of him last episode and knew that he was a monster for being a pedophile rapist and uh, violating Diana. And so it's hard for me to imagine that she would willingly back him. Um, sure, she's he's her son, but I think it's that loyalty to Viserys that she really does want to fulfill his dying wish, you know? And she looks so sad here. Really great acting yeah. by Alicent. By yeah, uh, Olivia Cook has, has been really good throughout. She was very, very good this episode and, you know, all kind of different scenes. This upcoming scene with her and Rainey, she Peace. was really good. This. Um, sad sad scene when she wakes up in the bed and she's upset when she first learns that Viserys has died and then here when they're preparing his body she seems really upset yeah it, um, powerful she's yeah she's a very very good actress definitely yeah so Rainey's door unlocks and in comes the queen and uh, Rainey's doesn't even wait for any kind of explanation <laughs> he sort of goes on the attack I'll do you the considerable courtesy of assuming there was a good reason for the outrage of my treatment here this morning. My sincerest regrets for the lack of ceremony. <laughs> and they kind of, there's this pause and they kind of look at each other and Rainey's basically figures out there's only one reason the keep would be, locked she saw people down. getting herded and locked down earlier and she's locked down. It's like, oh, the king has died and they are controlling everything. Yeah. Everybody's movements to control controlling the flow of information and so rainy's just says the king the king and you are usurping the throne so she knows the king has died and because of what they're doing you know in the castle she can figure out that they are if there was just a normal if Viserys died and they would ravens would fly to every corner of the realm to include mm -hmm. dragonstone everything so would be going would normally come, exactly rainero would come to king's landing be a uh, crown, you know, so on and so forth. Yep. But all this suspicious activity is like, he has died and y'all are up to no good. Y'all are up to no <laughs> good. That's like the first time I've ever said y'all out loud, I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, you know, Allison, you know, tries to explain to her, oh, my husband's dying wish and Rainey's wants Stop. no part of this. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. Exactly. No <laughs> chance, man. And then, but Allison is kind of pragmatic. And it's like, whether you believe it or not, you know, it doesn't matter because this is happening. Yeah. Aegon will be, Aegon will be king. But man, that's like, like Rainey said, um, or no, does she, oh, she says it right here in a second. Um, Allison says, I need your support, you know, come yep. support Aegon. And Rainey's is like, well, I got to give it to you. You got, you got balls. I like balls. Yeah. And Rainey's, it's interesting. She went from being overlooked as queen to being like pushed to the background by Corliss, who is obsessed with ambition and ignoring Rainey's will and desires to keep Lenor out of it and to forget the ambition of the throne. And now all of a sudden she's being like courted by both sides. Rhaenyra is asking for her support. Uh, Viserys is asking for her opinion at court the prior day. Allison mm -hmm. is coming to her asking for her support. And that was another thing too. Uh, we didn't mention in the last podcast, but Vaymond was the only one who told her like, I don't need your support, you know? And so when it came to the court scene with uh, where she had to choose a side, she was like, Ooh, Vaymond, you said you didn't need me. So, you know, psh, fuck you, but I'm going to choose the, the blacks. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, that's true. And and I mean, so Corliss is still hurt because okay, yeah, we can just kind of I guess go into that. Um, Allison yeah. tries to downplay. You know what? What is what is the what have the Valerians gained by yeah by siding with Rhaenyra? being allied with Rhaenyra this, this whole time. Death, 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 and, and you know, injury. <laughs> Lena, you know, dead, all alone, alone in Pentos. Oh. Um, Rhaenyra turned her son, you know, into a cuck. Yeah. Um, and do you know where that word comes um, from, cuckold? No. it's It comes from the cuckoo bird, which is known to trick other species of birds into caring for their offspring by laying eggs in the nests of other birds. Oh, and then they go crazy. off and they don't have to do any of the work and the unsuspecting, um, you know, finch whatever. or whatever. Will. Yeah, Robin. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy. You know, she says Rhaenyra's heirs, you know, talking about the Valerian boys, the strong boys, you know, none of her heirs are yours. Um, and Allison sort of speaks ill of, of Corliss, you know, it's your husband who grasps so heedlessly at the throne. And we know this because of the conversations between Rainey's and Corliss. Rainey's tries to get him to drop it. Just mm-hmm. leave it alone. I've given up on the Iron Throne. Let's live our life on Driftmark and be content. Yeah, we have a castle. Corliss, we have a territory. Corliss still wants to kind of continue to press the issue. So Allison, you know, has the right of this, you know, of their Corliss and Rainey's kind of relationship. Dynamic, yeah. Um, and he, and even he has abandoned you, gone six long <laughs> years to fight a desperate battle returning grievously, if not mortally wounded. So, um, Corliss, uh, and it's just, just one day has passed since last episode. So, so in the moment two. I was like, right. And they said, this is what you, uh, at the beginning of last episode that he will get back to Driftmark in three days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I was so referencing. So he's still, his fate is still unknown. I was thinking, oh, he should be better by now. And I was like, oh no, we're just, we're in the next day. Viserys just died the night before. Six year time jump to like two yeah. days over three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, his fate, you know, is still unknown. Uh, I mean, it was as far as, you know, what's going to happen of his wound, mm-hmm. leaving the Lady of Driftmark to chart her course alone. I love that, how that she used like oceanic terminology for the Lady of Driftmark since they're a seafaring house. And so she yeah, says the Lady of Driftmark her chart her course alone. Yeah. Great, great <laughs> linguistics there. Yeah, very, you know, good writing. You know, this scene is really well done. Uh, she says their house, the words of House Valerian are not fickle. Yeah. Which is a, a fun, I like that word. Yeah. And she kind of kind of walks off and goes over to the window, I think, here. Yep. Um, and then Allison calls her dear cousin. I was like, that she was Viserys' cousin. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, it kind of annoys me sometimes when people try to, like, assume the relationship of you know, a significant other, you know, it's like, I mean, if you're close to the person, that's fine. But Allison and Rainey's are not close. It would know, be like, she's like her cousin in law type of thing. So a good right. cousin would have, would have applied. I guess so. But um, she's just like, Oh, cousin trying to, you know, play on the familial relationship. It's yep, like, yep. Rainey's and the Sarah's were cousins. Like you are a high tower from old town. Get, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Allison tells her, you know, you know, more than anybody, more than anybody alive, what I'm about to say. And then Allison kind of drops a bomb. And I, when she said this, I'm like, dang, I did not think Allison would admit this. I love my husband, but I will speak the truth as we both know it. You 
should have been queen. Rainey's is like, like, what? Yeah, we, Rainey's and us were all like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little thought to hear such words from you. Allison says the Iron Throne was yours by blood and by temperament. Yeah. So, so you had the right and the character for it. I mean, Viserys had a pretty good temperament as far as I'm mean, trying to keep the being, peace, yeah. but he didn't have the decisiveness, I guess, to to deal with things in the here and now that needed to be dealt with. And to like but, handle all of the various things. Like he would keep it, keep the realm peaceful, but, but as long as he knew there was peace, he'd go to his model set. Whereas somebody else may have been more hands on deck when it comes to like, making sure everything's better than just peaceful. You know what I mean? That, that right. there are good Following living through. conditions and that there aren't rat yeah. pits in this, in King's Lidding, landing yeah. with kids fighting each other. Exactly. Trying to improve it, not just keep the status quo. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was cool that she said, you know, obviously we, we know that the Iron Throne was hers by blood, but by temperament, you know, so she was saying, she was further complimenting Rhaenys about, you know, just how good she would have been, yeah. you know, in that position of power. Yep. Um, it's funny, her vision of, of Viserys would have lived uh, his days as a country lord. I, I was always thinking fat country lord. Anytime they say country lord, like I assume they're fat. <laughs> lord too fat to sit a horse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a fat country lord content to hunt and study his histories. But here we are. Yeah. Um, Allison kind of folds, you know, sort of to the patriarchal system. Uh, she says, we do not rule, but we may guide the men that do uh which later rainy's in a few minutes here rainy's kind of turns around on and tries to i think manipulate and put a little inception kind of idea into the back of allison's head yeah um very Allison interesting says they they need to to uh guide the men gently away from violence and sure destruction um and instead, instead of doing all that, towards try peace. to push them. Yeah, push them towards peace. It's funny because she's talking about, she's implying that like women are the more the fairer sex, you know, the more peaceful and responsible. But then, hmm, who kills the most people this episode? Rainies. <laughs> a woman <laughs> yeah. slaughters like half of King's Landing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Later on. it's a lot of people packed into that dragon pit. Yeah. Boom, blows up through the floor. So it may not be quite as simple as men bad, women good, you know. They each have good oh, yeah, characteristics definitely. and... There's like a symbiosis that can be achieved when a man and woman work together that I think is unattainable in either, uh, either in isolation as seen with King Jaehaerys, the conciliator and his wife, the good queen, Alison. Right. Um, I think Alison, is this, is this where they had kind of tussled with their hands? Alison was begging her, holding her hands and Rainey rips her hands away. Finally breaks free in this kind of dramatic moment and kind (laughs) of walks back to the center of the room. It's just repulsed by, by Alison and and what she's trying to do to, to persuade Rainey's over to the greens. Uh, And she asks, is it in the name of peace that you've imprisoned me? And then the key question, what of my dragon? Yeah, I love how her so mind goes like, right to her dragon. Like my mind would go right to my dog or like right to my bird, you know, like yeah. same way. I, I just, what, I mean, there's no other place to really keep them besides the dragon pit, but. The dragon mont potentially. Where well, Cyrax, that's, that's uh, on. Oh yeah. That's on uh, Dragonstone. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, you could land her out in King's Landing. Remember in, in season eight where there's this random like open kind of area that the golden company lineup. Oh yeah. When the John and Tyrion are about to but, uh, you know, besiege the city. True. True. There's like this open area that we've never really seen. Where the, in any of the and everybody. 
in the big shots and where, where they kill, where basically they have Masande. Cersei has Masande up on the battlements. And we're like, oh. where is this? Where is this open? It's like almost sandy open area. Like Only a fool beside the city wall. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I was like, I was trying to think of a place a dragon rider could put their dragon. That's not the dragon. Pit. Well, she lives at, at Driftmark, right? So where would she normally keep it? It must stay with her at Driftmark, right? At Driftmark, you know, just somewhere hanging out like over there where Vagar was, you know, in the sand dunes. <laughs> yeah, just chilling. But I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to leave my dragon locked up in the dragon pit. Hell no. At at the whims of whoever controls the dragon pit. Right. Basically, House Hightower. Right, especially if you're not on their team. Yeah, like you came here to hear Vaymond and his petition for the succession of Driftmark, and turns out Viserys came in and kind of saved the day because the Hightowers had it all planned out. But anyway, all that to say, I wouldn't leave my dragon in the dra- anywhere I couldn't easily get to it. I just tell I just tell her to sit up top of the Red Keep and just. Stay. Uh, <laughs> it's a Valyrian, Valyrian word for stay. They put. Yeah. Um, but she's immediately is like, what am I dragon? Uh, yeah. So Allison is kind of doing the tactical, you know, dragon math of, you know, war. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if we're overmatched, uh, Rhaenyra will be tempted to strike us and war will ensue. Uh, but without your dragon, Rhaenyra may be, you know, persuaded, persuaded to negotiate. So they're basically, you, using Melis as, you know, a hostage, sort of like we were uh, trying to figure out the lords and ladies of, of the right. court, what they would do with them. It's like they're keeping their dragon as a hostage. So it's one less dragon that could, they're in the green's possession and they are going to hold on to it so that it doesn't go over to Rhaenyra's side of the chessboard. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, they lost the blacks, lost Vagar to the greens. Yeah, brutal. Um, so they're trying to prevent that, which you know, which is a good tactic uh, on the greens' part. Definitely to control Definitely. the dragons, especially a big dragon with a very experienced rider. Very experienced, like, decades. Uh, Melis and Rainies. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to, you know, use that to to get Rhaenyra to the negotiation table. Yep. Um, and she promises her drift mark, but it's like, it's never a good negotiation tactic. It's never a good negotiation tactic to promise something that somebody already has. If you want drift mark, you can have it. It's like, Randy's has been sitting the Driftwood Thrones the last six years that Corliss has been gone. It's like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? I mean, you get it. She's saying once the Greens are in power and the war is over, they'll leave her alone and she can have drift mark. But it's like, she already has drift mark and they have. Melis, I mean, sea smoke somewhere. He's without a rider, and Bela has um, um, her dragon. Yeah, I can't remember the name of hers either. I have to look it up. So anyway, Reina, one of them. Reina, I think Reina doesn't have one, and Bela does. Anyway, it's pretty um, pretty interesting that the dragons they're already figuring out if it comes to war, who has what dragons and what's going to happen. And she promises her drift mark and then she can pass it down to her granddaughters. Rainey's overall seems impressed with how astute uh, Alicent is regarding the overall dynamics of, of this whole thing. The dragons, the, you know, the leverage and various things. And she's like, you are wiser than I believed you to be. Kind of like gives mm-hmm. her the up and down look, you know, Alicent. And then she tower. calls her. 
Yeah, she calls her by her last name. So you've been married to Viserys Targaryen this whole time. So people may think of you as Alicent Targaryen, but oh, but you yeah. are Alicent Good Hightower. Point. Good point. You've, got, you've been wearing these green dresses every day, all day since the, the wedding feast. <laughs> you are Alicent Hightower. Like you're coming and here Allison. pretending to be my family, leveraging yeah. me like you're better than I thought you would be. But you're still a Hightower. Exactly. And Alicent tries to say, you know, oh, she, a true queen counts the cost to her people. Which is true. Um, it shows how her, she's got the right mindset for a leader. Yeah, you know, she's thinking about, you know, if war breaks out, you know, what's it, what's it, this is going to cost, you know, when the high lords and ladies, you know, play their Game of Thrones, it's the small folk who die. Um, so, but Rainey's, you know, tells her, is like, yeah, but you still toil in this patriarchal system. You're, you're still serving Otto. Aegon. And he, I mean, even Kristen Cole, I mean, Kristen Cole serves her, Viserys but too. they're the ones, yeah, through this whole, through this whole system. Um, Great net line, the next line. Yeah, absolutely. It says, Arrhenius tells her, you don't desire to be free. You just want to make a window in the wall of your prison. Oh, I was like, oh, man. I love that line. Wow. That may be one of my favorite lines of the, of this episode. And the next line, like this totally changed the direction of this she kind of gets, Rainey's gets really close to Allison and just literally whispers in her ear. Have you never imagined yourself on the Iron Throne? Have you never imagined yourself on the Iron Throne? <laughs> and Allison is me. like, yeah. Allison's like, look of I mean, like she, I, I mean, look and like, speechlessness. She's like, no, but maybe I should. But that's bad. But it seems like there's like like ten different thoughts like yeah. race across her mind and across her face in a span of you know half a second. She's yep. like, yes, no, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna leave you. I thought Allison sort of projected here. I'm going to leave you alone to your thoughts. That's like Allison was going to be alone with her thoughts. Too. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> and then this uh, turned out to be a really ominous salutation. Ring the bell when you have an answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so that was interesting. Have you ever considered yourself on the Iron Throne? Potentially. So we know that there's, she's like planting the seeds of, of, um, mutiny like uh, like Corliss said to Vaymond in the at the stepstones she's planting little seeds that could fracture the greens you know we have Aemond who's jealous of Aegon and there could be conflict there and now she's saying to uh Alicent like even you you could sit the throne wouldn't you want that like how have you not been considering that you have to be right think about it you could sit the iron throne and that's like another way that the greens could be divided and in begin infighting if for some reason she was like you know what uh, you're right. I am going to take the throne for myself. So that's that's a possibility moving forward. Although it doesn't happen by the end of this episode when things are kind of settled to one degree or another. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, she like she says, she has the the temperament and thought process of you know counting the cost of her people. You know more than you know most rulers do. She's obviously way better fitted than Aegon would be. Aemon is still you know pretty young and inexperienced in the ways of the world. Um, what does Danny say? Young and inexperienced in the ways of war? Yeah, I think so. Or, or of the world? I can't remember. She says it but constantly a, in the books. 
And it's so yeah. funny, dude. Roy Dotrice, at first he does like a kind of a normal verse vo- voice for uh, the narrator for the audiobooks for Daenerys in book one and two. But then like there was a gap between recording book two and three or something. And so he comes back and he does like a little Irish voice for Daenerys. <laughs> I may only be a young girl <laughs> without knowing the ways of war. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. so funny. R.I.P., man. R.I.P. Roy Dotrice. Yeah. He was so awesome. Pyromancer Helene. Rest yeah, OG. Peace, he's gonna be. Uh, who's he gonna be? He's gonna be Grandmaster Pycelle, I think. Yeah, he was in the originally Pycelle. Yep. Yeah, but at least he got in the show for with the uh, Grandmaster. Not, or, uh, what'd you say? Uh, uh, Pyromancer Helene. Yeah, there's a name for those guys. Wisdom. Oh yeah, Wisdom, Wisdom Helene. Yeah. Like, that's their their title. The pyromancers yep. are called wisdoms. Yeah, like that's wizards cool. for for Gandalf and Saruman and Lord of the Rings. But. Badass. Don't have dragon fire. Wildfire is the next best thing, right? Exactly. Uh, I wonder if that ever comes into play in the dance. I don't remember it, but who knows? Speaking of women slaughtering citizens, you know, Cersei blowing up the sept. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so next it cuts to Kristen and Amund as they arrive and spy Eric and Otto and Eric meeting with Missaria. And Kristen turns to Amund and says, my prince, we found them. You know, he doesn't say we found them. He just says, my prince. And they see Otto and the white worm and the, the twins sitting down and talking business. Yeah, dude, this is such a crazy scene. The <laughs> Otto's wearing his hood and everybody's all in their uh, in their stealth garb and beautiful Missaria sits down looking all regal and nicely dressed and everything and oh, you know, their head tilted back in a power pose and and <laughs> Otto's like, "You yourself are the mysterious white worm, I take it, or are you simply a, a further peel in this stinking onion?" <laughs> Another great line there. And dude, the, her first line to him just blows him away. She's like, "My condolences on the passing of your king," and he's like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Like, what? Yeah, he this- has tried so hard to lock down everybody and everything in the Red Keep to keep this from getting out. Yep. And she just hits him with the facts. Like, I know your secret. Sorry, the king is dead. And he's like, and he don't have much of a look, much of a giveaway. He's like, yeah, you can tell. He's <laughs> like, in the headlights. Oh, how did oh, she possibly know? How does she know? know? And this is, this simple sentence is enough for, to let him know that she's for real. And he signals for the cash. <laughs> and one of the, yeah, he's like, yeah, go ahead and pay the lady. It's, pay the it's lady. her. It's her. Come on. Yeah, pay the lady. <laughs> yeah, so one of the boys, one of the twins brings over the cash and he gets down to business. Where is Prince Aegon? I th- and, uh, you know, people were speculating about her accent before, wondering if it's French or what it is. But I think it's like their own creation for like some, you know, far off, far off planetos accent, because I can't think of anything either. But yeah, I think I really liked it in this scene, as opposed to her conversation with with Damon in episode two or whatever it is was when the mm-hmm. accent seemed kind of awkward. I thought in this scene, it was very effective and mysterious and made her seem powerful and, and exotic. And she, you know, he would, she tells him that the prince was in flea bottom where no one is to be trusted. And she thought it would be best to secrete him away somewhere safe in case they come looking for him. And he, he's like, where? And she's, he's safely tucked away. 
And then she gets down to business on her end. I want mm-hmm. an end to the savage use of children in Flea Bottom. They're forced to fight. And worse, your gold cloaks take the bribes given to them to look away. An obscenity either tolerated or ignored by the crown. And he's like, I'll look into it. You have my word. And she further presses him. When your plots ripen and you install your grandson on the throne, remember it was me who put him there. I could have killed him as easily as a wasp on fruit. And then the, my favorite line of the whole episode right here. Yeah, there good. is no power, but what the people allow you to take. And I was like, yes, just like that. Missaria becomes the best character on this whole show. <laughs> A check against the powers that be, advocating for the small folks, a voice for justice and decency in King's Landing, and a reminder that governments only have the power that we, the people, allow you to have. And I was like, yeah, it's like I fist pumped at this. Masaria Masaria. for Queen. Queen Masaria. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Masaria Masaria 2024. (laughs) So awesome. I was like, yes, dude. Killed it. And uh, and Otto's like, I will remember. Like, you goddamn, you're goddamn right you will, because you know she's powerful. She knows things. Yeah. She has the ability to snatch people up. You know, like, you better remember and you better respect her, because if you don't, she could probably have you killed. <laughs> you know, like, you're yeah, only breathing she because she is letting you, yeah. it seems like. And Aegon, the crown prince, is only breathing because she allowed it. Yeah, but um, she has people pretty, in, the, in the keep, you know, like her spirit. Yeah. Spiders are slinking around. Everybody's at danger if if Missaria is angered. So you've got to keep her in a good mood. I was sort of wondering when Otto says, I will remember if he meant that. The North remembers. In a bad way. Yeah, 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 that's true. He could be uh, like, I remember. I'll I'll remember. It's like, okay, this lady is dangerous. She needs to be dealt with. I'm going to have to take action. I will remember it and we can continue to work together. Yep. We'll see. Very good. Very good read on that. Interesting question. So uh, instantaneously, Missaria is now one of the most powerful people in, in the Seven Kingdoms with leverage over the hand and the crown, which is pretty hardcore. Uh, and they're in, their, in her debt for recovering the prince. So we'll have to see how that plays out. <laughs> oh, did we talk about Jaehaerys' crown and where they're uh, wrapping up Viserys' body and uh, Allison is crying? Uh, I don't think we talked about that. No. After, after, you know, they finish wrapping up Viserys' body, he, Allison brings the crown that Viserys wore, you know, his entire reign, the, the golden crown that has the different sigils from the Lord's Paramount you know, yeah, all pretty, around it. Pretty badass. Uh, and that was the, the originally Jaehaerys got that crown. Um, I don't remember how he, he came to, to possess it, if it was a gift or, or what the history of it, but obviously, Otto and Allison choose to crown Aegon with the Conqueror's crown. So Jaehaerys' crown is exactly to show to you know exude power. You know, Blackfire, the Aegon sword is black and ruby crown. But here, um, Allison places Viserys and Jaehaerys' crown, the golden crown, on Viserys' body, and and that's the last we see of it. So I'm interested to see what becomes of Jaehaerys Viserys' crown. Yeah. Very interesting. I got a feeling um, you'll see it again, though. So after after Alice, I'm sorry, after Otto and Masaria's little sit down chat, I think we find ourselves in 
uh, the Great Sept, I think is the name, because the Sept of Baylor is not a thing yet. Yeah, like it's, it's just called the Great Sept. It's freaking gigantic. Like yeah, it makes St. Peter's Basilica look tiny. Yeah, and the, the Eric twins are just kind of looking around. So obviously they've been sent here without specific instructions. I'm sorry, <laughs> I probably said something, you know, just kind of vague. It's like, go look in the sept. <laughs> you and will like, find him in the where? center of the sept. Right. So, you know, something <laughs> kind of cryptic and um, puzzling like that. And so they're here kind of on the hunt and they hear a cough. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> Like, oh, listen. And the sept is completely empty. Where are all the people? Yeah, they're uh, being rounded up. Well, I guess this is the uh, previous day. Oh, yeah, so they're true. not being rounded up. So it's the next morning where they all get rounded up and forced to, like, you will go to the dragon pit <laughs> and you will witness. Like, oh, yeah. what if I got a I really gotta pee, doctor's, man. I got a doctor's appointment. No, yeah, got to get that go. goiter checked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they realize that, that it must be under this plinth or some kind of altar kind of a thing. Central altar type thing. And so I thought it funny that both of them reached inside to pull him out instead of <laughs> like the, the little trap door is pretty small. And instead of one of them just grabbing him, they both kind of stick the top half of their body in there, pull him out. And he basically, they pull him out kicking <laughs> well, and screaming. Twins. They do everything together, right? Yeah. <laughs> Watch out ladies. Hey. <laughs> so they pull him out and he's like, where's the white worm? Which is like, which I thought was his, his an odd first statement. So I guess maybe he worked. To, I mean, he seems to know that he was taken in, into her custody for protection, and he, she was right. Her people were like, "The white worm sent me to get you. We're gonna keep you safe and hide you in the sept because it's the perfect place for Egon to hide because it's the last place on earth he would ever go." <laughs> you yeah, know? so it's like definitely great place and, uh, to be. Eric E. Eric said she sold you for a price, and his his had a funny response. Why did you pay it? <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. wants to be left alone. Well, not only that, but by saying why did you pay it. He's like, why would you why would you guys want me to be king? Like, what the hell? You know, I'm fucked in the head. You know, like he's total <laughs> lunatic. And so he's like, why? Why would you do that? You why know, if he like, paid it? Yeah. Hilarious line. And then his his mommy issues surface. I want my mother. Oh, my mother. <laughs> your grandfather, the hand will meet you outside yeah. the city walls. A very interesting line here. What was Indeed. Otto's plan? Yeah, what because was he said, his plan? He told Eric, bring him to only to me. And you mustn't tell no one, not even the queen. Mm-hmm. So what was the plan outside the city walls? That's sort of mysterious. Outside the city walls, like you were saying, it was not outside the Red Keep. It's outside the city. Was he going to have a ship with some gold and be like, get the hell out of here or we'll kill you? So because we want to crown Amond, you know, or what What was the plan? I don't know. It's pretty, um, pretty interesting. In In the small council when they reveal that there's this long laid plot, do they specifically name they do not. Do any of the, cons- do any of the conspirators name Agar? It, they just said, Oh, now we can proceed with the King's blessing. So that could, with the full assurance. Yeah. Yeah. It could mean that Allison's line is now the, like they got the blessing for Allison's line. It doesn't necessarily mean that they want Egon to be crowned. It could mean like, Oh, you know, if Interesting. something happens to Egon, but then again, Otto what maybe wants to meet him outside the city walls to sneak him in somehow so that he can uh, get him into the, the castle stealthily and so that he can uh, say we need to attack Rhaenyra because they're going to try to fight which is what Alicent is trying to prevent she when they she gives him counsel your grandfather will tell you to strike 
but you must ignore this council, you know, when they're mm-hmm. in the wheelhouse, the litter, the, the horse left. The horse left. <laughs> so, you know, Egan kind of takes off running here. Uh, <laughs> and then one of the twins grab him and they, he says, you flee Eric, with right? other men. I think so. You flee what other men die seeking. Yeah, really you know, cool just, line. He's just showing over and over again. He doesn't want this. He knows he's not suited for it. Other men would kill for it. Yeah, so many people want the throne. I mean, the whole original series is you know, you know vying for power and to get the throne. Um, then they kind of wrestle him, you know, out the front of the, <laughs> the sept, and uh, they're met on the steps by the other duo. Yeah, the other uh, buddy cop team up uh, adventure pair. Crispin Cunt pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> I truly regret this. So, uh, Kristen Cole, I, I didn't really comment on his, out on his disguise, his little hat, this like, sort of like, a, I don't know, Henry the eighth, you know, that kind of little hat that kind of has a little poof on it. I don't know. It looked, <laughs> it looked pretty silly. You sent me the, the meme though, where it said these people cosplaying their heroes and it was like, Kristen Cole was, was wearing a similar hat to Rhaenyra when they, yep. when Rhaenyra and Damon had gone on their nighttime excursion and Amond here was wearing a similar cloak to Damon. <laughs> so they're like the person that they're obsessed yeah. with. Each one is kind of mo- modeling yep. them. <laughs> yeah, definitely cosplaying their heroes that, that was they're so obsessed funny. with. Yeah. Can't get over him. Um, I was listening to another podcast and they were thinking the opposite that Arik with an A they're wrong. Is I agree. Yeah. So anyway, so this is <laughs> Eric. This is Eric with an E. I'm pretty sure yeah. that is you know Eric is the one that goes black and never goes back. Actually, yeah. So Eric is the one sword fighting, crossing swords with with Cole. Yep, because he's still loyal Eric, to Aegon at this point. Right. Eric still just stays up on the the top step of the sept. It's like. Mm. Yeah, I'm good. He's like, have yeah, fun. yeah. <laughs> he abandons his brother. That's hardcore. That's crazy. In the middle of a sword fight between him and Kristen Cole. Yeah, so, he was like a renowned know, warrior. Two on one, they yeah. probably could have taken him, but he was like, mm, I'll just leave you Absolutely. to die. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so then this leaves Aemon free to pursue Aegon because, you know, the two Kingsguard kind of take care of each other. And, you know, I guess Aemon realizes that the other Kingsguard isn't going to participate. So he's like, okay, you know, Cole can handle Arik. So I'm going to go chase down Aegon. Yeah. And so Aegon and Aemon both go scampering down the stairs from opposite sides. <laughs> and Aemon catches up to him and tackles him. And <laughs> he's like, ah, pin, got him pinned down on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> And Aemon, you know, has a moment of honesty with his brother. I was hoping you're, I was hoping you disappeared. Yeah. Cause he wants that crown, baby. And Aegon is just like giddy in this, like, I mean, I guess he realizes he's caught and there's, he's not going to escape, you know, his fate of becoming king. So he's just kind of like giddy and, you know, playful almost with, with Aemon, his little brother, you know, quote unquote little. Um, he, says, he says, is, you our, know, is our father exactly. truly is dead? Is our father truly dead? He might just Aemon, be excited that. Viserys is dead because Viserys never respected him. And it seems like, remember when they're yeah, at, the, at the court hearing where they're deciding who is going to be heir to Driftmark? It was like, as soon as uh, his mother got like outdone by Rhaenyra, he was <laughs> laughing about it. He seems to laugh and mm-hmm. think it's funny whenever somebody gets the better of his parents, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah. So his, yeah, it's probably just his mommy and daddy issues. You know, anytime <laughs> somebody you know hits them with a zinger or whatever, he kind of strikes him as funny. Yeah. Um, Amen tells him, yep, father's truly dead and they're going to make you king. Then Aegon spits in his one good eye. It's like, how dirty a move is it to spit in the eye of a one-eyed man? Dude, spitting, yeah, that's super dirty. And it, like, if you spit in, like, spitting in somebody's face is like a declaration of war. Like, if, if you spit in my face, I'm yeah. going to rip your throat out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, oh, it's the worst. Um, so Aegon, does he run off again? Or does he choke him some more right here? I can't remember. Aegon says no. He lifts him to his feet. And uh, it's, it cuts back to um, to Eric and to Kristen. And he's like, uh, Kristen's like, where's your brother? You know, and he's long gone. And the two of them both also run down the stairs from opposite sides and start mm-hmm. clashing again. And it cuts to a really cool shot of a... Uh, like some some bystanders who who all of a sudden are like, oh my god! <laughs> As these guys are clashing with swords right next to them, and it pans over to the mm-hmm. sword fight. We see that Eric has abandoned Eric. Eric. <laughs> uh, then the brothers kind of clash some more. Um, Aegon saying, "Let me go! I don't want to rule. I have no taste. I'm not suited." And Aemon is like, "You're right, man. I, I can't argue with that. You are you are definitely not suited." Yep. And um, there's an interesting moment here. Aegon says, let me go. I'll find a ship and I'll never be seen again. Um, and, and there's this pause before Cole, you know, comes up behind Aegon. And if it was just left to Aemond in this moment. Yeah. I think I think he would quickly escort Aegon down to the harbor, put him on a ship and watch him sail away. Agreed. But Cole's here. And Aegon knows it too. He's like, yeah, hold, hold him by on, the man. face. Like, you just let me let go. Me, and then let me go. Kristen slinks up. And oh man, when, uh, when he <laughs> disarmed Eric, right. And made him drop his sword. He picks up the sword and he has like the smuggest look on his face. Yeah. Oh, I just want to wring Kristen's neck. Yeah. Super smug. He's the worst. <laughs> Uh, and he comes up behind Aegon and uh, the queen awaits. Oof. And then it cuts to Alicent meeting with Otto and Otto is like, hmm, well played. And, and she says, none of this is a game, which is like a Game of Thrones, you know, like it really mm-hmm. is, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thing. And he's like, oh, well, you treat it like a game. And Whatever our difference is, our hearts remain as one. It's the good of the family that we both desire. And this is Alicent finally standing up for herself and standing up to her father. Remember her conversation with Rhaenys earlier? She's like, you still just obey men, your father, your husband, you know, your son. Like, yep. And uh, and so finally, Alicent is standing up for herself. And the seed that, that Rhaenys planted about her one, wanting to sit the throne hasn't sprouted but the seed of uh, of that she's planted to try to divide Otto and Alicent by is starting to sprout and Alicent is stepping up for herself and confronting her father head on in this situation which is really awesome she's like um you know she she tells him that our hearts were never one and that she sees that now and she's just been a piece on the on the board that Otto's been moving around and he's like well if that's true then 
that means I made you queen, right? <laughs> so he's basically admitting it. That's that's saying mm-hmm. like it's true. Yeah. Would you have desired yeah. the 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 crown otherwise? And she's like, how would I even know? The only things I've ever wanted are the things that you have imprinted on me to want. And uh, and now the debt comes due. Uh, the debt that you're happy enough to pay, slaughtering Rhaenyra and Damon. And he's, he's like, it's a sacrifice for the stability of the realm. No, no king has lived that hasn't had to forfeit the lives of a few to protect the many. That's some Machiavellian ends justifying the means type stuff. And, uh, and he's like, though, I understand your squeamishness. And this is a great line here. Reluctance to murder is not a weakness. <laughs> and she's like, takes control. She's like, I have egg on now and we're going to proceed as I see fit. Sticking it to him, sticking it to him. We're going to send Rhaenyra and Damon terms that they can accept without shame, true terms. And Otto is like, dude, this is not good. They're, they're, this is going to mean war. If she survives, her banners will mass behind her and they'll, they'll you know, be ready to fight, basically. And Allison's just not having it. She goes through a list of things that are going to happen from here on out. She's like, Kristen Cole will be Lord Commander. Aegon will be anointed tomorrow. The whole of King's Landing has to witness as we see they're all funneled toward the dragon pit coming up. We're going to bring in the Conqueror's sword and crown to send a, a signal of strength. Yeah, just yeah, to project the Conqueror's name, the Conqueror's crown, the Conqueror's sword. Yeah, there you go. To I mean, they have to exude strength right now. Uh, I mean, Rhaenyra is going to fight either way, but to get the people and to get as many houses as they can to, to follow Aegon, you know, the newly anointed and crowned King, you know, they have to project strength. So that's what they're doing in every single way. Definitely. And <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, you are beaten moment. You are beaten. It is useless to resist. Where uh, Otto is just like, he gives up and he's just like, Oh, you look so much like your mother in certain lights. And Alicent is disgusted by this. She seems to be just generally creeped out by any male sexuality at this point, you know, um, after g- having gone through everything and dealing with Laris, as we'll talk about a bit later. And this is kind of a, there's sort of a creepy sexual undertone to Otto's remark here, like saying something, comparing you to your mother. It's like, he loved your mother. He was attracted to your mother probably. And um, so that's kind of weird, but it made me think also was his wife. It sort of implied to me that his wife was probably the only other woman on the planet who could win an argument against him and boss him around and put him in his place. He's exactly. like, wow. you know, somebody that exactly that, that would put him in his place that would tell him, you know, give him the business, you know, about whatever the situation was and that he, he couldn't really, he couldn't just dismiss them as hand. He has a lot of power to, you know, if, if somebody's, in his way, you know, he'll just crush them. But, you know, his daughter, you know, he cares about her, you know, at least a little bit. But (laughs) mainly, mainly though, he cares about power and he's installed his daughter as queen. He's about to install his grandson as, you know, to usurp the throne. So nobody can really, nobody really stands in Otto's way. Um, You know, that's why he didn't like Damon because Damon is a rogue and won't do the, the wise sage, you know, conventional wisdom that Otto would have, you know, the advice that he would have put forth. Um, so now that Allison has won this, you know, victory, you know, in who, who's going to have Aegon and who's going to control how Rhaenyra and Damon are dealt with. Allison has won this and 
she's given him the business and give these are going to be the terms. This is what we're going to do. And, uh, she closes the door and, you know, he says, as you wish, but yeah, I think because she is putting him in his place, he's like, Oh man, she's just like her mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was pretty impressed too by it, you know, and he uh, got beat, you know, era, you know, his set of goons got beat by Allison and her set of goons, but still, Pulled it the main off. thing is they found the prince and he's in custody and he's going to be anointed and crowned the next day. So all the details about what's going to happen outside of that are kind of what they're fighting over. Yeah. But, you know, he, he got beat, but he's still impressed that his daughter, sort of like his scene with Allison after she came at Rhaenyra with the dagger, she thought she was going to be in trouble. But Otto's like, Mad respect. I see you have the determination. <laughs> yeah. I see you have the determination to win, you know, this Game of Thrones. So yep. he's he's he is definitely impressed. Yeah. And so he reluctantly accepts that she's in control of the situation and he's bitch made. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So then it cuts to the scene with Laris. And Allison is arriving back at her chamber. And Laris is lurking in the background waiting for her. And it doesn't seem like she even notices him at first. She goes to pour herself some wine. Yeah. And from the background, your grace. And it's Laris lurking. <laughs> and she's like, oh, the hour is late, Lord Laris. Like, please just leave me alone. But he tells her, I think I've, I've found something out that you should know. Have you asked yourself, I wonder, how is it that your father, the Hand, found Egon first? And I totally missed this on the first watch. But at this point, he sits back creepily in his chair and glares at yeah. her intimidatingly. He get, yeah, he gets oddly comfortable. Like, yeah. So obviously, this is an ongoing thing yeah. that they have. He looks at her like, you know what you got to do if you want answers. You know how to get them. Take them shoes off. <laughs> We're doing the thing. Yeah. And she looks down at the floor in disgust at this moment. Yeah. Like, oh, God, you want me to take off my shoes again? <laughs> and it, yeah, it seems like it's happened before. And it seems like she's being forced to do it. So it's like awkwardly uncomfortable as... Um, as she's being manipulated and has to surrender her will to Laris to learn the facts here. Man, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. <laughs> and like he gives her little pieces, you know, all through the conversation. Yep. A web of, a web of spies uh, is at work in the Red Keep. And, you know, our business, you know, travels along this web. Um, and then he, he kind of tells the tale on Otto. He says, your father knows that this web, uh, is out there and exists, but he's left it in place uh, more than once. Proved advantageous to those willing to feed the weaver. Feed you know, the weaver. The spider. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point, uh, she asked him a question, you know, uh, you know, give me some more. Yeah, she says, and this weaver watches me asking exactly. him. And <laughs> asking for some more information. And he just, yeah, he just sits there for a minute and she's like, oh. Looks oh. down at her feet and again. <laughs> like, you, next step. <laughs> is this where she takes the shoe off or the stocking? I can't remember. This is where she takes the stockings off. Oh, so, you know, it's really getting serious. Yeah, um, he's like, what more? He goes, um, <laughs> you know, and then looks down at her feet like, oh, I could yeah. remember if you strip to the next level. <laughs> oh, man. Um, more Laris tells Larry, yeah, exactly. Laris uh, tells him that, uh, your lady in waiting, Talia, is one of the spiders. Busted, and that yeah, Talia's busted. busted. I mean, she's already in jail, uh, they already put her in, in jail, but uh, um, true, true. He says there, there are even more 
like her. And even Laris doesn't know how many. So that was an interesting detail to learn. Yeah, anybody could be a Cylon. Oh, nope, that's Battlestar Galactic. Anybody could be a, <laughs> a spider. Um, and then does she do something else before he talks about there's one way to destroy his advantage? Uh, I, I don't remember. think so. I think it's at think... the end where she finally kind of turns and yeah, that's, puts that's... her feet up on the couch and turns away. Yep. Oh, total, total disgust. Yeah, he continues um, here telling her that, uh, you know, the the only way to destroy his advantage is to take out the the, the head of the, the, the weaver, basically. And he uses a metaphor like a, a, a beehive metaphor saying when the queen dies, the bees fly without purpose. And he begs, he's uh, begging your pardon for the turn of phrase, your grace, because he's talking to the queen <laughs> yeah like you can't oh, talk man. about the queen dying in front of the queen so even in your funny. metaphor that's funny so funny and so he's she's like and this falls within your wheelhouse like you this is something you can handle and he's like mm, if you wish it could be done and i think signifying that she wants it to be done she like goes to the next level of the foot fetish yeah. thing and I'll, like yeah turns this Warriorism. And, yeah mm. <laughs> This is the full, the full view of the feet. Yeah, and he uh, yeah. he like reaches into underneath his cloak and starts pulling on his on his little on his thing, and it cuts back to uh, you know so creepy just staring at the feet. And it cuts back to Allison as she turns her head away, and she's just like ugh, like disgusted by the whole situation. Yeah. But you know, yeah. like Cersei, she's doing what she's got to do to get the answers that she needs and whatnot. Or like Sansa, I mean, right? But you know, the he's I think he just. I mean, obviously, you know, he's got this weird foot thing, but he does it for he has subjugated the queen of the seven kingdoms to his perverse you know, will to play his little game. Yeah, it's got to be a combination of those two. Yeah. And like I said, he don't really care whether she knows all the information or not or Otto knows all the information or not. He's just playing things to his advantage. Yeah. And obviously this is his little, you know kinky thing he likes and he's the thing he hadn't gotten some head maiden you know to be weird with him this is the queen yeah he's like getting off on the feet and the domination at the same time yeah and her position and how he has positioned himself you know with this whole heron hall plot to kind of have her under his thumb yeah and it's it's interesting the dynamic change like otto is taken down a peg but laris goes up a peg and seems to be elevating himself above the uh the queen and so interestingly we have like the white worm elevating herself above Otto, and then we have laris elevating himself above the queen so those could be like two factions that are going to be sort of battling it out um Definitely. <laughs> each one Otto and the queen in debt of their spy master the white worm and laris that'll be really interesting going forward to see how that plays out so then the morning arrives and we see each of the main players on the greens as the sun is still hovering just beneath the horizon. We're starting to get a little bit of light, but Aegon is just chilling out, eating some chicken or something. Otto is standing, looking out of the window nervously. Aemond is sitting in a chair, contemplating everything. And Alicent is standing by a brazier, looking all nervous. And Rhaenys sits in the dark as well but all of a sudden there's a commotion in the background and it's eric eric out of the way, out of my way. Grunting, yeah and he's taking advantage of the moment there must have been a just a brief time period where he can get to the princess and free her and it's interesting because uh he goes through the main door to get her her here right out of my way he has to push somebody out of the way but then 
he exits with her through the secret tunnels. So why didn't he just take the secret tunnels to enter her room? Yeah, I don't know. You I mean, know. maybe there's not any to wherever they're holding Rainey's. Well, there must. I mean, oh, yeah, true. He, he he somehow gets her into the secret tunnels, right? Maybe there's no entrance into that particular room. But it seems like Rainis was unaware of these tunnels, right? Because he's leading the way. He must have gone through the secret tunnels with Egon in Knights of Debauchery. Egon leading the way, bringing his protector with him as they exit into King's Landing. But Rainis seems unfamiliar with the passages as they get down into the chamber where Balerion's skull is. And she pauses like, holy sh it's Balerion, you know? And she like, I love that, that she stops dead in her tracks. And there's just like a brief moment of reverence where she's looking at Balerion and absorbing that this is where his skull has been this whole time. Man, imagine how big his pelvis must be. Where is that? Yeah. 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 Where's the rest of his skeleton? And this is <laughs> the way they shot this scene was, is really, again, we see the scope and the scale of a tiny human versus just the head of Balerion the Black Dread. And Vagar is huge, but, you know, I want to see Balerion live and in action one day. Colossal. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get. The, con the conquest. Yeah, if we do, I send you guys that meme of, of uh, some of the fan art that took Henry Cavill and put him in Damon's armor with black fire and yeah. the, uh, the the cat's pod dagger, Aegon's dagger and Aegon's crown. And he looked awesome as Aegon the Conqueror. It would be, yeah. <laughs> it'd be great it'd be to get Henry Cavill. Pretty epic, pretty yeah. epic casting for sure. It'd be so um, cool. So Rainey's mom was Jocelyn Baratheon. So she, I'm not, I can't remember it. Rainey's may have grown up at Storm's Inn. Um, well, although if her mom was Baratheon, then, then her father was, oh, was, uh, was Jaehaerys one or? of, well, well it's Jaehaerys. She was, she and Viserys are Jaehaerys grandkids. Oh, so right, right. whoever okay. her dad was. So if the mom, I was thinking, but if Rainey's mom was Baratheon and father was Targaryen, she probably did grow up in King's Landing. I was yeah. thinking if she grew up in, in Storm's Inn, then, she probably almost never had the chance to use or see any of the secret passageways or to right. see the, the bottom of the red key where they keep Valerian. It's interesting though, because Rhaenyra had not seen them either until Daemon showed her. And so Rhaenys didn't see them. Rhaenyra didn't see them, but both Daemon and Aegon had, were familiar with the passages quite apparently. Uh, oh, and as, Eric shows up to save her. He says an important line. I cannot let this treachery stand. And yeah, they must enter the secret passages elsewhere because before they get in the secret passages, they pass Caswell, who's hanging in the map room or something. And he's been executed, they met the king's justice. So that sucks. And they exit. And yeah, Rhaenys is like, where are we? As they get down to the battlements. And he's like, just south of King's Way. So this seems to exit um, like into King's Landing, it, apparently. Yeah, he said they're just south of the King's Way. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. So then at this point, he's like, the Blackwater's this way. We got to go. And at this point, it cuts to the White Worms Villa, which we saw at the end of last episode when Talia went to inform her of the goings on. And this time it's, it's up in flames. It's engulfed. 
and flames are just pouring out the windows. Too bad because it's a beautiful looking place. Clearly one of the nicest places in King's Landing. And I was wondering at this point, will she think it's Otto who she just revealed herself to? Did he, does she think he's trying to take her out because she was trying to leverage him? Will she retaliate? So this could be, this could end up dividing Otto and the white worm in theory, which would cancel out my idea of white worm and Otto versus Alicent and Laris. But you know, who knows? It'll be, I'm curious to see what happens as a result of this. How will the white worm react she could, she has people inside the keep. She could be dropping poison in cups, you know, <laughs> like she's dangerous as hell, dude. She's terrifying. Yeah, definitely. I think Rainey's grew up on Dragonstone. Oh, wow. All right. So yeah, that, that, that could explain that. And, uh, they get down to the streets and Rainey's tells Eric, I won't leave Maylis. And I love this, the loyalty between, you know, a dragon rider and their dragon. One of the first things on her mind is always Maylis. And I mean, I guess it could just be for the, the nuclear factor. So they're, she's saying that she wants to get to the dragon pit and he's like, no way they'll expect you there. Plus you won't get past the gates. It's ridiculous. Come on, we got to get to the riverfront and find a ship. So he's got like a really half-baked plan. He doesn't have a ship. (laughs) He's just like, we got to get out of here. This is our best bet. And uh, before they can really figure out what's going on, all of a sudden everybody's being funneled in one direction and gold cloaks are just pushing all the, the small folk through the alleys. And they're like, holy crap, they're just caught in like a sea of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're being funneled to the dragon pit like sheep to the slaughter. And we even see a few sheep being pushed around to it just to <laughs> really oh, yeah. hammer that home. Pretty, pretty poetic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, before they know it, they're separated just by the sheer mass of people. And Rainis is further ahead from Eric and he's shouting for people to get out of the way. And the bells are tolling and they're, he's unable to catch up with their... And then it cuts to Alicent and Egon who are riding in a litter or as the gold cloak call it a, um, a wheelhouse in, uh, <laughs> they're shouting at him, make way for the Royal wheelhouse. And they're talking and we had this similar shot in the episode with the hunt back in the day. So long ago at this point <laughs> where Viserys is sitting on the left where Egon is sitting now and Rhaenyra and Alicent were both sitting on the right. So it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. you can see like how things have changed since that time. Uh, same camera angle and everything. And they're discussing about what's going on and how Aegon sees right through this. Alicent tells him, no, it was his last dying wish that, <laughs> that you should be the king. And he's like, bullshit. My father never wanted this. He had 20 years to name me heir. He never did. He upheld Rhaenyra's claim. He could have changed his mind, but he didn't because he didn't like me. And which is true, probably because mm-hmm. he's a little shitbag. He knows the truth. <laughs> There's zero chance of this being true that in his final breath, he whispered that Aegon should take the throne. Nope. And so she pulls out the dagger and opens up a box and he's like, do not toy with me, mother. And yeah, it's, it's like only at this point is he, does he take her seriously? Yeah. I mean, he's got on his, his best black outfit with his kind of gold dragon on it. Tight. And he's got his cape. He's got his gloves. I don't know if he has them on here, but at the coronation he has on his gloves and you know, he's in the horse law, you know, being <laughs> uh, spirited to the dragon pit. And 
he still doesn't take it serious. Like it's happening. Whether you take it seriously or not, dude, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't comprehend. I mean, it's almost like he doesn't comprehend that it's really happening until she shows him that dagger. I had a different read on this. I, th- I thought okay. like he knows it's happening, but when he sees the dagger, he for a for a moment begins to take seriously her claim that it was Egon's wish and the dagger to him in my eyes represented like a gesture of love from his father something that he hasn't felt in forever because they've been at odds and Viserys knows he's a, a shitbag like I said like I said so he sees the dagger and he's like oh my my father really did want me to do this and appreciates me and loves me. And so that's what I thought at this moment. And then she's telling him, you know, he picks up the dagger, like it's the first, you know, time his father's ever loved him. And he's looking at it. And this is when Allison's like, listen, your, your, your grandfather, the hand is going to try to get you to kill Rhaenyra to put them to the sword. You have to reject it. We, we must not rule with cruelty and callousness. We, we, you and me, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and, for all her faults, Rhaenyra, as your sister, your your father's daughter, you know, half sister, and uh, it's like it's all just going right past Aegon because he's thinking about the love from his father and the dagger and the moment he looks up to her and he's like, "Do you love me?" You know, like she, I love that she's like, "You imbecile!" And but she you smiles imbecile. as she says it. Yeah. Oh, you imbecile! I'm talking about like how we have to rule the Seven Kingdoms, prevent the war. Send terms to Rhaenyra. We're not going to kill her because Otto's going to tell you to do this and this and this. And she's like going over this. And it's like, this is why, because she's your sister. Viserys loved her very much. We're not going to kill her. Okay. Yeah. Mom, do you love me? It's like, you imbecile. Shut up. Of course I love you. I'm putting you on the Iron Throne. We've done all this early in the conversation. Do you know what has been done to give you this day? Yeah. Um, Everything I've gone through. I love that. I love that. Her reaction is like, (laughs) it was like a heartwarming little moment. (laughs) Like, you know, and she kind of smiles when she says that. We know that she, you know, she's been very harsh with Aegon, you know, with all his depravity that she's had to cover up and everything. But it doesn't mean she doesn't love him. Exactly. It's still her son. She still loves him. But just in the moment, she's trying to get him to focus on, you're about to be crowned. And that's what you're focusing on? <laughs> it's like, clearly I love you. <laughs> Damon tells Viserys in the throne room when they're fighting, your word is truth and law. Oh, when yeah. When you become king, when Aegon becomes king, his word is truth and law. So she's trying to impress upon him, this is what we need to do. Not kill Rainier, okay? <laughs> Mom, do you love me? He's just so like, <laughs> that's what you're hung up on like it doesn't even matter you're about to be king (laughs) so funny and uh this oh this is when uh the 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 watch captain is like make way for the royal wheelhouse it's like and i'm realizing oh so this is how you gather crowds for royal announcements in westeros (laughs) this way you filthy peasants exactly you drive them with horse and whip uh and block off every potential avenue of escape force them to a location Hilarious. and here i think rainies gets caught behind one of the royal roadblocks and mm-hmm. then as the horse you know speeds past the city watch lets her go yep so perfect transition oh this reminds me of uh it's like when uh it's like sansa and baelish are heading north on the king's road and brienne and Arya are kind of hiding or the hound and Arya are like lurking nearby and they kind of like cross paths and they see the carriage go by, I think, but like right. they're just so close to, to connecting, but they don't because yeah. Arya's lost at this point, like long lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And then as soon as the Royal carriage goes 
passed, they reopened the street and then continued to literally herd all the small folk uh, up the hill towards the dragon pit. And this is when Rhaenyra, Rhaenys, Rhaenys realizes that they're going to the dragon pit and a look of like a smile crosses her face as she's like, yes, this is exactly where I want to go. And I have cover with among all these bazillions of people. I'll be able to infiltrate and <laughs> and hopefully exfiltrate. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And so uh, then it cuts to outside of the dragon pit and we get a cool overhead shot of the entryway and the the people funneling up and through the different paths. And at this point, the small folk have given up resisting and they're like, I I guess we're headed to the dragon pit. (laughs) And they're all just kind of lumbering along and, and we enter and Otto is telling them the situation that it's a sad day. The king is dead. Viserys the peaceful. We get that that name, mm-hmm. the new moniker for Viserys again. But it's also joyous, a joyous day for as his spirit left us, he whispered his final wish that his firstborn son, Aegon, should, should succeed him. And uh, the crowd is kind of like, huh, like they're not really quite sure how to react at this point. But they, they applaud and... Um, he calls the guards and a procession of guards arrive for a dramatic entry for Egon, forming a, a double, uh, a two lines and crossing their swords. It made me think of Alice in Wonderland when the queen is arriving and all of the, mm-hmm. uh, the playing cards have their staffs of like clubs and stuff and they cross them. And I think, or maybe I'm just hallucinating this in my memory. But it's so cool. Egon comes walking through and the trumpets play and they sort of echo throughout the pit in in a really cool, like such a big cavernous room. Like, you know, it's huge, but it has great acoustics. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and Otto is looking nervous at this point. Like, oh God, is this really going to, is it going to happen? <laughs> and Egon comes walking through and the swords swoop down behind him as he passage, passes each set of sword. So yeah, cool. sort of, I think it's sort of, you know, kind of symbolizing we're all on this journey. Like we're past the point of no return and there's no going back. But that's a good, for, really good way to look at that. So for Aegon, there's no going back. For Allison and Otto, there's no going back. For Rhaenyra and Damon, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. They've crossed the Rubicon. They, they have crossed the Rubicon. They have anointed and crowned Aegon. And usurped the Iron Throne. And the toothpaste it's is like, not going back in the tube at this point. This is it. This is it. <laughs> really cool metaphor. It's so crazy. Yeah, so, you know, for Aegon, I mean, he's the king now. And he, you know, he kind of comes to embrace it there before Rainey's, you know, ruins his moment in the sun. But, um, but for everybody in the story, like, this is the point of no return. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of lines in the sand, you know, Allison coming at Rhaenyra with the dagger at Driftmark. There's been a lot of things that continue to escalate it, but actively usurping the throne that was promised to Rhaenyra is war. So that kind of. Yeah, that's the line. And, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool, you know, visual thing for them to do. And it's like, don't lower your sword too fast, man. You'll give King egg on a haircut. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And, uh, they're, 
their movements, like, you know, in drill and you know, we in the Marine Corps, we didn't reduce like the drill instructors, like they, one guy had a sword in the whole formation and he marches around with a sword. But anyway, like when the silent drill platoon, they have rifles with bayonets on them, but their movements for us, like all have to be perfectly in sync. And you these, know, Chastity um, Pollard designed the drill, uh, nice. the Marine drill stuff. He took them from right. being like a mess and made them drill champions. kind of excellent. So they, um, the movements here, you know, with the swords, as far as each pair, as they lowered it, you know, their timings all seem pretty, pretty much right on. Um, then like when they march in and then they turn in board and then draw their swords and raise them. And then mm-hmm. they, they raise the, all raise them again as one. I think once he comes through the tunnel and then they like go to uh, sheath and they all sheath them. And it's, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And I assume most of those, that was, they had real actors for that. Or the, I mean, the, end of the line they may have kind of filled in with cgi in the background but the crowd looked amazing talking about like cgi to create bigger crowds remember there was that ring of ring of power rings of power uh clip where they had like a tiny crowd of like 100 people and it was just yeah they spent a billion dollars on this show and it's just like clusters of the same people all over the place (laughs) this one i i paused it i looked around i couldn't find any any duplicates this crowd looked legit it was was awesome A lot of them, though, it looked like it's like, is there no like middle class? Because they all look like beggars almost, it seemed like. It's like they're <laughs> yeah, all just yeah. in their ratty brown, kind of disheveled looking, yep. at least the ones at the front that I kind of g- glanced at. Yeah, no middle class in King's Landing. I mean, there's just, there's the lords, and then there's the small folk who yep. are all like, there's no, I guess there's no middle class in the small folk. It's all poverty. So it's right at this moment where Otto begins to speak about how it's a privilege and good fortune to be here to witness this day. You start hearing the queen's green dress theme. And I was like, oh man, this is so cool. And and Otto is talking about how it's a new day for the realm, for the city, a new king to lead us. And Rhaenys is watching from the crowd with fascination as Alicent kisses Aegon's forehead and they begin the ceremony. Yeah, this um, seeing Rainey's in the crowd, um, like Arya. Arya, as she's watching Ned at the Sept of Baylor, right before he gets beheaded. At this point, Arya's hair had been cut, right? Yorin grabs her from the crowd and then cuts her hair right after. Okay. As he's walking by, he notices Yorin and he says, "The statue." And Yorin goes and yeah. sees Arya up there and collects her, and he's the one that slices off her hair. So, so, but when she's standing on the, on the statue, I mean, she's not as incognito as Rainey's is here, but we get, you know, a girl or a lady in the crowd, you know, who is lurking and kind of see, trying to see what's going on and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Arya was powerless to do anything about it. Oh. So it's not the same as Game of Thrones. And like George Lucas said, uh, it's not history or whatever. It, it's not the same, but it <laughs> history rhymes. rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here, Rainey's is not powerless to change things in what's going on. I mean, she is in the moment as she was getting pushed into the dragon pit and down the streets of King's Landing. But now she's in the dragon pit. This is where she wants to be. And she kind of waits and witnesses and kind of looks around for a little bit and sees Aegon crowned. As the Septon and then, is doing the thing. It's, yeah, it's and then as she's he's like, like mm. rubbing stuff on, on Aegon's forehead. This May the warrior give him courage. May the smith lend strength. You know, and it's at this point that Rainey's makes for the dragons. Yeah. She's like, "Mm, I've seen enough of this. Uh, (laughs) Let me go. Let me go get my, my red girl. Hilarious too, that uh, there's like 
no locked doors between the <laughs> this area and the dragon. It, I mean, it's fine because the dragons wouldn't fit through these small passages anyway to get their human-sized passages. But right. uh, and obviously, like nobody's going to be stupid enough to try to go down there. And if they are, they get right. flamed. So who yeah, cares? maybe the thinking is who one is a dragon need to be guarded. Yeah, like if, if it's not a dragon rider approaching him or some other uh, dragon keeper or other Targaryen Valerian, you know, with the blood of old Valeria. Yeah. They're probably going to get cooked or eaten or both. So get turned into toasted Tarleys. <laughs> exactly. Toasted Tarleys, man. What a great scene. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, so the Septon Eustace, which I for, had forgotten his name. Uh, he's featured in the book a fair amount. I think, you know, he, he anoints and basically blesses the King. And then Kristen is then so this is is book accurate. Kristen um, takes Aegon the Conqueror's crown and uh, kind of proclaims the crown of the Conqueror passed down through generations. Um, let the seven bear witness: Aegon Targaryen is the true heir to the Iron Throne. Bro. So they have to like they have to state this out loud in public because they're usurping the throne. Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously, all the small folk have been conditioned for the last twenty years to. That Rhaenyra is the crown princess. All the small folk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you make a song about that. Um, <laughs> so, and I think through this, we, we kind of get Aemond and Helena and Alicent all kind of their kind of reactions as, as, uh, as Cole is making this proclamation. Um, Cole puts the crown on his head and that's it. We yep. we're like you said, we're across the Rubicon. And the second that the crown goes on Egon, I feel like he looks like a totally different person. Like all of a sudden he looks pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been kind of complaining about how he looks and he looks younger than Amond and he looks like the white shrew. But like I think they cast him for what does he look like with with the crown. Aegon's crown? Yeah. He because he looks awesome at this point. Yeah, with the white, you know, blonde platinum wig. And the crown is like, okay, what does he look like there? Exactly. And that's what they, that's what they cast for. And then they don't really, however he looks without the crown on, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? You know, we're just trying to get to the coronation. <laughs> and he kind of like looks at each one of his family members and they all kind of nod to him. Uh, what's her face? Helena nods and like turns away and Amond like gives a deep thoughtful nod like like Eamon Bear I mean he almost doesn't move at all I mean yeah. it's like almost an Super imperceptible slow. little like almost like I don't want to bow to you but you know I at least have to kind of move my head a tiny bit and Otto <laughs> gives him a pretty nice bow um, oh yeah and Maybe then one. I think when he's still uh, he had, at, the, at this point he had stood back up but when he was kneeling right as they crowned Aegon the camera was kind of from Aegon's right and Aemon's left, and it was kind of looking pat like through the gap in between Cole and Aegon, and we were seeing Aemon yeah. specifically in one shot, uh, watching the crown the go down, watching the crown, and it was like it was just a cool shot. And what it's conveying to us that it's Amon is the one who really wants this, yeah. not the one who's getting the crown. Yep, I liked that too. And uh, so he stands up, and Kristen 
proclaims, All hail his grace, Aegon, second of his name, king of the Andals and the Roinar and the first men, lord of the seven kingdoms and the protector of the realm. And at first, nobody claps and it's just quiet. And I'm like, oh God, what's happening? And I thought, I thought we were going to get a Jeb Bush moment here. Clap, <laughs> please. please clap. <laughs> Somebody please clap. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or like in Shrek, I think there's a guy with the cue card. Applause. Yeah, they have him at like Saturday Night Live and stuff like that too. Applause, applause, applause. The bl- red blinking light. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, the bell tolls and Kristen yells again, Aegon the king. And then the crowd starts to erupt with applause. And it's at this moment where Aegon suddenly feels a rush of this approval that he never got from his parents coming from the crowd of thousands of people around him. And it takes him a moment to absorb it and realize what's happening before he realizes they love me. They love me. And he starts pumping his, his sword filled fist up into the air, drawing even more dramatic applause. And it's like, he's like a singer at a rock show. He like, Oh, the right side of the crowd. Oh, to the back. Oh, to the left. And he pumps his fist towards different sections. And the crowd is like doing the wave, you know, not literally, but <laughs> they're, they're all cheering in response. He's pointing at us. He's, pointing at us you know and uh Otto looks around like it's working they're accepting him and, and the last minute change of plans for the air yes it's all coming together and it's like he, uh Aegon craved that love and affection from his mom and dad and never got it to this level because he's a psycho but now he gets it amply from the crowd and this type of positive reinforcement for a psychopath could have catastrophic consequences. You know, you don't want somebody like this to, to be reinforced positively to, positively to think that they can just do whatever they want and it's good and people will love it because, man, it could uh, it could really start doing some crazy stuff. Oh. We, we were robbed a tiny bit from the books. Basically, right after they crown him, it's like the crowd is silent for even longer. Oh, man. And a lone, a lone voice says, long live Queen Rhaenyra, or something like oh, that. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Damn. And then finally, I think uh, something happens, and then they, the crowd finally starts to come around to Aegon. Damn, that's <laughs> crazy. So, yeah. Oh. And then Aegon, as the crowd screams, Aegon stands with his arms outstretched. Oh, just basking in the glow of the glory and love and affection and Allison smiles. Ah. And it says Aegon is standing there basking in the in the love of the crowd and they're screaming, chanting, Aegon the king, long live Aegon. Ah, the crowd goes wild. It's at this moment that all hell breaks loose and the beast beneath the boards busts up through them. <laughs> boom! Giant remember, explosion. Remember what Allison said to Rhaenys? Ring the bell when you have your answer. <laughs> This is Rainey's ring in the bell. <laughs> yeah, I rang a bunch of the bells of the King's Landing citizens. And Woo! a giant cloud of dust and smoke and debris and chunks of rock flying everywhere. A whole section of the floor is devoured into a gaping hole. And people are flying all over the place as Maylie's the Red Queen 
with with Rainy's astride, jumps up through the ground and starts spinning around and growling. And his tail is sweeping through the area and through the smoke. We could see people flying in every direction and falling down into the chasm where they'll inevitably de- be devoured by other dragons. Definitely. That, I mean, that dragon pit was packed through the people. Packed! And Maylis is huge. And Maylis is a big dragon. And she just busts through the floors. And, I mean, just people everywhere and like you said the fact she's moving and swinging she's probably crunching people with her feet her tail is just like whipping people like crazy it's Dude. complete pandemonium it was pandelirium i thought we'd be killed or even worse hundreds of people were probably killed at that moment and yeah uh, yeah i mean i was thinking like five six seven hundred maybe a thousand maybe it easily could be <laughs> oh man so brutal and it's just you noticed chaos. how thick the doors are super thick so they look like i mean like probably four or five feet thick but it's like it's a dragon pit it's there to keep the dragons in until the dragon riders are ready to mount them and leave Damn. so i was like i was like if they shut the doors i mean rainies will just blow through them but or Could will she? she? I mean, if she melt, if Maylie's like cooked the doors for like a long time, it would it would eventually melt. Whatever, like lightsabers, or, or yeah, it just probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But anyway, somebody from the outside thinks it's a good idea to shut the doors with thousands of thousands, tens of thousands of people trapped inside with the wild drag. I mean, not wild, but a rampaging dragon. Yeah. Yeah, and with the royal family trapped in there with an... It's like, and I was like, no, open the doors, you fool. You know, You're like, what idiot, the hell are you, you thinking? You imbecile, you imbecile. Stop, <laughs> open the doors for the love, man. That's pretty funny. Totally funny. And it's just chaos and the swirling dust and... Uh, Small folk are flying everywhere. And so there's there, the scene doesn't necessarily have the best graphics throughout this sequence. Um, the, the, the smoke and stuff didn't look really, didn't look quite excellent. Uh, the, the distance shots of Maylie's, it kind of looked CG, but it started looking really good when he started, when he, when Maylie's face creeps up towards the, the dais towards the Mm -hmm. the royal family and man it was so sick he has spikes like all over him that point out and it looked like a a dilophosaurus it made me think (laughs) of that scene in jurassic park where that's like (sighs) spits acid all over the newman's face super crazy how like most of the time i think cyrax too we noticed kind of they're like laid almost straight back i think like they can kind of not necessarily yeah i mean but flare them out you know a little bit at least you know or a lot it's really cool looking i um, got that impression too pretty interesting kind of like a bird's feathers how they can kind of yeah, angle them like loki will puff, puff up if she wants and then yeah you know yeah, my chickens do that they'll like kind of ruffle up oh, and yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. like a cat can maneuver its body to make to look weird and more intimidating. Uh, but yep. <laughs> so a, as, as Maylee's head, you know, gets closer and closer to the dais, Allison jumps in front of it. But before that, she tells Cole, get Helena. That's her Helena. number one priority. Not the get key Helena. that she just crowd in the moment of like absolute peril and danger. Get Helena. Yeah. The innocent. So Cole is dutiful as ever. You know, instead of jumping in front of Aegon and trying to slay the dragon, as you know, the <laughs> fairy tale knight would do, 
he obeys the queen, get Helena out of there, which they're still just standing off to the side. Yeah. And the conqueror's namesake cowers behind his mama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Allison jumps in front of him, but normally you would think that he'd be like, no, mother, you know, go away. But Allison, you know, like Remy said, I have to credit you for your boldness. She stares down a dragon. Yeah. And it's sort of like a, a beautiful moment that highlights the, uh, the motherly devotion and sacrifice you know, like uh, willing to die to protect her young, just on instinct, jumping in front of the child is not a child at this point, but yeah. Yeah, her um, child. And there's like a yeah. super tense Crazy. moment where like they can tell the dragon's about to unleash on them and they're like, oh God. And Allison closes her eyes and it's like she's accepting death in that moment. Yep. And then Melee's starts screeching at him, but no flames come out, only air. And this is when it looks like the Dilophosaurus, like it's spitting the the, the poison oh, all over yeah, Newman. Yeah. With his spikes, spikes fanned out. So gangster. And, and I was, I mean, I was like, this whole thing is new, but I'm like, there's, there's no way knowing some of what happens in the future. I was like, there's no way she roasts them, but right, right. Man, I hope she does, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just being from team black. I'm like, Oh, is she going to roast them? Roast them, you know, Dracarys, 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 say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, David, say it, please say it. But she doesn't. Everyone on team green here almost joined team black. If they had been roasted right. from green to black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd be toasted Charlie's toasted high towers. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And so Crazy. The, the dragon like closes its mouth. And for a brief moment, Rainey's and Allison make eye contact. And Rainey's is kind of like, like, you know, I let you live, you know, kind of moment. And before the dragon turns around and the doors are kind of closing, and Melee's just like leaps out through the door. Like we haven't seen a dragon jump before. And he, she, he, she, whatever, jumps through the door and then takes to the sky, leaving the greens <laughs> still green <laughs> instead of burnt black. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, they probably needed a new, a new change of, uh, what do they call underwear in Westeros? <laughs> small, small clothes. clothes. <laughs> <laughs> they needed yeah. a change of small clothes. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool. Like, have you seen videos of uh, like an owl or a falcon like fly between two people, and then oh, yeah. like and like pull all their wings all the way back and just go through this tiny gap, and then they re you know they reopen their wings to land yeah. like on their the handler's thing or whatever. Owls specifically have like these blunt like flat ended kind of wings that give them hyper maneuverability in the air. They can fly between tree branches and like really so impressive stuff. And then they sort like, of did that. Yeah. She sort of jumped and then kind of got through the door with her wings kind of pulled back. And then she zoomed through, you know, that tight little space of the, of the closing door. And <laughs> yeah, speaking of flight, uh, she going round and round the room. Loki for our <laughs> Loki. audio viewers. Loki is just doing laps around Duncan. I think she's going to go to hold her for check out the uh, YouTube video. But um, <laughs> she gets through the she gets mainly gets through the door and opens her wings and goes whoosh whoosh get some speed and get some altitude to oh, uh, get the man. heck out of there. So epic, dude! Um, Rainy's armor was super cool. Oh you yeah, know, almost like a. Like a samurai, must store Ooh, it with of. her dragons, <laughs> so she could. Yeah, she or had some it people, on underneath her. Right, yeah. Some people thought she put it on under her, you know, Damon cloak. She's wearing. But her and Eric, 
kind of got out of the keep pretty quickly. You know, we, we presume. So I don't think she was sleeping in pretty quick. Yeah. I don't think she would have had time to, it takes like 20 minutes to put on your hockey equipment. So it's got to take yeah, at least half of armor. armor is yeah, way yeah. worse than that. But exactly. Yeah. So people online are criticizing Renice for killing hundreds of citizen civilians, but then not finishing the job and killing the greens. But as Allison said, just a couple scenes ago, reluctance to murder is not a weakness, you know? Yeah. Plus definitely. there's a whole element of kin slaying. Yeah. So kind of sucks. She didn't, myrtleize everybody but at the same time kinslaying is kind of a big deal in westeros right <laughs> yeah and king slaying so even though <laughs> yeah, he's you know like like lord b's the bomb said he's an imposter imposter he was still crowned and anointed as king just then so True. regicide and fratricide or no fratricide is killing your parents Fratricide is killing your sibling, or I can't remember. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that, I think the showrunner and or the director or the writer or somebody was saying that basically in that moment, Rainey's kind of looked Allison in the eye. And even though they're going to be on opposite sides of this war, Rainey's basically, you know, that's another mother and with her kids. And ultimately, this is not Rainey's war to fight. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, she's going to take sides, but it wasn't for her. It wasn't Rainey's war to finish. Definitely. So, and people are mad um, that she killed a bunch of innocent civilians, but there doesn't seem like there's any other exit. You know, the ramps were closed, so they, they couldn't go up the ramps. There's definitely no other exits around underneath. So the only way out, you know, it's either she's going to die or she has to escape and just cost a bunch of innocent lives to save her own, I guess, you know? Yeah. It, you know, it sucks to be small folk in King's Landing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of a, a brutal take on it, but I mean, it, it, it's just it's the reality. All those people, you know, get killed. But um, the only thing cooler that would have made that scene cooler, I think, is if she had like roasted the floor and it was like flames and dust, like almost exploding the floor, you know, Sept of Baylor style. Yeah, like know, boom, localized, fire just in that area, just it open. fire up and out. And then like burst through the <laughs> floor. Yeah, that would have been tight. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. So as the doors close, finally, the episode ends focused on Allison, who sinks her head in relief, considering the implications of all that has just happened with Egon standing behind her. And if there's uh, any question in his mind as to whether or not she loves him, now he knows the answer. She stepped in front of a dragon to shield him, <laughs> you know? pretty hardcore anything else you want to add about this episode overall yeah uh i mean it was just wow what a ride um i mean just the, the high tower is trying to control and constrict the flow of information and they can't keep masaria from finding out you know they can't keep rainy's you know under lock and key and her dragon and ultimately it's i mean they so their plan worked as far as holding the news as tightly as they could for that one day and then finding Aegon and installing him on the throne. Yep. But for sure. It's still all, you know, their plan didn't work out exactly the way they wanted because Maylis and Rhaenys are, you know, presumably going to go to the, to the black side, team black to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not how that's not the way uh, Otto 
and his council of traders uh, drew up their plan. <laughs> oh, we forgot to talk about Otto rolling up joints. <laughs> There's that scene where but he's doing that when uh, I think before uh, Allison comes in and says, ha ha, I won the battle. I got Aegon. So I'm, I think it's right before that scene. Yeah. What the heck is he doing? He's, oh, he's, he's rolling up a Raven scroll about to send it off. But he's putting wax on the inside of it. Yes. Yeah, so I remember you said that and I didn't, Somebody I said didn't that. look for it. I didn't look for it on, on when I watched it. This, I think I may, when I, y'all said that, I may have already rewatched it. So, yeah, I don't remember see, you know, watching it in close detail to see if, but obviously the wax, you know, goes on the outside and you put the little stamp on a stamp or a seal. signet ring or seal, whatever you do to it. But even that, remember, Varys knows how to unseal and reseal oh, yeah. a sealed message. Ooh, the tricks of the trade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there have been some great so, memes with Otto Hightower, you know. <laughs> pretty, pretty epic. So, man, great episode. Definitely. All right, stick with us. We'll be right back after a short break. And now, time for Raven's Calls. Lord Tom of the Misty Moor says, Sorry if this has been said beforehand, but this show desperately needs comic relief. Give us a Tyrion or Bronn character, anything. There's no humor at all to bring levity to all the pain and death. I think I'm enjoying the show overall, but I'm not really sure anymore. I think we'll get some, something. You know, there's got to be. We mushroom would have been that if we had gotten some some shrimmikins. Yeah, you know, definitely some some uh, some jests from mushroom the fool. The fool yeah. I mean, I personally, I laughed at the you imbecile, but you right, know, if you yeah, take I that do. from if you think about that from Aegon's perspective, it's pretty harsh. <laughs> but I took it as funny. <laughs> but yeah, there's um, definitely not that witty, you know, Tyrion, Tyrion kind yeah. of a character to. Hmm. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get something. I don't know. I think Damon's funny. We just didn't have any Damon this episode. You know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some of his, you know, cracking up during uh, Lena's funeral or her. You googly. You googly. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, but it's like inappropriate funny. Like it's, you can't be laughing right now. <laughs> True. And like I'm laughing at Laris, you know, but that's it, always inappropriate too. Maybe I'm just sick in the head. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Tom. Always good to hear from you, brother. Hope all is well in the Misty Moor. Sir Matthew of House Rep says, Here we are at the precipice of civil war and the penultimate episode of the first season of, the, of House of the Dragon. With King Viserys gone, Otto wastes no time in putting his well-laid plans into motion. Poor doddering old master of coin, Lord Beesbury, comes to his senses just in time to get his head smashed in by Kristen Cole. We see family lines drawn not only amongst the Targaryens, 
but between House Cargill as Eric realizes what a monster Aegon can be and splits from his brother Eric and tries to smuggle Princess Rhaenys out of King's Landing. Little did he realize that the queen who wasn't and Maylis the Red Queen had things well under control. Missaria's quote about power, there is no power but what we allow you to take, is very similar to Varys's. Power resides where men believe it resides. It's a trick, a shadow on the wall, and a very small man can cast a very large shadow. Both believe that it is the small folk that give the kings their power and use their treachery to help the common people. Good point. Good, good connection there. I like that. I would try to make a Laris joke, but I'm afraid I would get off on the wrong foot. But <laughs> oh, nice. Classic. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Matthew. Great to hear from you. Lady Mary Patricia of House Derigo says, Allison standing up to her dad. Nice. Laris had a foot fetish. Whatever floats your whatever floats your boat, man. Aegon is throwing some serious Joffrey vibes. Oh yeah, uh, I think she means at the end when he's kind of getting high on power. Yeah, Rhaenys seems like it. is a sick badass. I love her. Husband thought it was a slow episode, but the tension just kept building and building. Loved so it. much tension. So much tension. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Lady Mary. Thanks for writing in. And Lord Joey of Housepool posted the picture of the guy leaning out from behind the tree, mm, licking his lips like, <laughs> like he's eager. And the caption says, Laris Strong, thinking about Alicent's feet again. <laughs> oh, man, so brutal. Definitely. And we have a voicemail from, Lord, from Archmaester Stitches. Sir Duncan, Lord Zach, Archmaester Stitches from the Siren Isle here. Yo! Well, I'm going to say, man, you got to see this episode was just not as gripping without Team Rhaenyra involved, you know, not having <laughs> Daemon and uh, Rhaenyra in the episode. It, it felt a little more uh, one-sided. Zach no, is a great was good. It was, uh, Not my favorite. I'm definitely not Battle of the Bastards or some of the other episode nines we've had throughout the original series, but definitely not the weakest episode. Um and better and better with the differences from the book to, to nice. what the show's doing. Uh, I think what they've they're doing with the white uh, worms motivations for what's going to happen, which yeah. is a massive spoiler. So I'm not going to go into that, but it's coming. Uh, and I I think that um, Helena's uh, demon of the boards. A lot of people would think, well, that's probably just Renice breaking through the the ground which it could be to to do this awesome scene we saw in this episode but i think it's hinting more towards something else Ooh. And, uh, that's all i can say about that right now but <laughs> renice man she could have saved like hbo a ton of money you know she could have just roasted the whole council there <laughs> um, and uh yeah uh, <laughs> the team black would have just won and when a fell swoop yeah um but i think and y'all might have already talked about this, but I think it's got to do more with this was finally something in her control that she could choose what happens instead of uh, it being true. chosen for her by the people and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Uh, man. Uh, I noticed in the opening that Viserys' symbol uh, filled with blood. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, some changed stuff. Gone. And then it went down and you could see from uh, the high tower of Alicent's little sigil in the opening that there was four bloodlines so they did hint uh uh to i can't Dayron. remember his name 
Darkan or Dankon or something like that. <laughs> That's, That's not uh, the fourth kid that we haven't seen. <laughs> Dank, so I'm guessing Dankin. he's going to be in season two. He's the baby. Um, well, I don't think he'd even be a baby at this point. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, man. Uh, again, not as all over the place as, uh, as I would hope um, it would have been. It was very concentrated. I felt like the whole thing was kind of like a a Where's Waldo finding Aegon episode, which again, <laughs> in the middle of the season might have felt a little better, but being the penultimate, I was a little disappointed in that. Um, God, I still hate Aegon. Fuck, yeah, this guy got time. like kids with filed teeth and their nails sharpened and stuff like that with like house sigils on their backs, like fighting in a pit. So insane, crazy. Dude. But then there we go. The high towers, you know, just uh, already breaking their... I say, I mean, they still could put it into the fighting pits, but I doubt it. But they they burned the White Worm's mansion there. So I don't think they're going to stay true to their word. And uh, I felt really bad, though, you know, for Allison, you know, because the the book makes it seem like she's so involved with uh, all the conniving and everything that's going on with her council. And you can see that she wasn't privy to most of it. And she's actually yeah. upset. That you know they're that they're just continually just using her more and more as a pawn. Maesters and gave her a bad really name. Her father's game, and the Lannisters are all involved in everything. So damn Lannisters. But I did hear that all those pre-screeners that go out all these YouTube channels and stuff like that that uh, none of those went out for this final episode. So Ooh. Uh, which is cool. So that yeah, means that is that cool. We'll get to experience it with the whole world, and I think something. Big's got to be coming if they're not going to, you know, something that's not in the books. Like this whole uh, Rainey's uh, face off with uh, the the king's coronation and all that in the dragon pit. That, none of that's in the book. So that's really, if they're going to do something like that, only even larger, um, then I'm good. Because like the, I can't remember his name, I'm talking about, but the bald Kingsguard guy, I think he dies way early on in the book and he's not dead right now. Sir and obviously Harold. he's going to do like a Barristan sell me, it looks like. Oh, yeah. And, uh, go to Rhaenyra, it seems, I don't know. Again, that's all uncharted territory, um, which I love. Again, better and better differences between the book and the show. The show is just so much cooler and uh, I'm ready for next week. All right. Great to hear from you, Archmaster Stitches. <laughs> Always got awesome. great feedback. Awesome feedback. And yeah, a little bit less crazy than I expected the penultimate to be as well. But it was gripping in its own in its own way. The tension was super thick. So I ended up really liking it a lot. And I forgot to mention just how much I love the the design of Maylee's, the Red Queen, Renice's dragon red with little white spots and stuff it just just a really cool looking dragon overall really awesome all right that's our show episode 129 thanks for listening everybody thanks so much a huge thank you to john bailey the epic voice guy from the emmy nominated honest trailers for announcing our show and many thanks to our epic patrons on patreon sirenicide lord john of house grills sir matthew of house rep lord jeremiah of house becker the last high gardener of high garden sir Corey eugene of house coon and lady naya of house thrice on another note, if you enjoy my take on stuff, you might be excited to learn that I'm working on a project of my own. 
a series in a novel screenplay hybrid form called The Core Saga. More info coming soon on that. If you'd like to donate or subscribe to support us, you can go to paypal.me slash gompodcast or patreon.com slash gompodcast to donate an amount of your choosing. There are links to both at gameofmicrophones.com and in the description of this podcast. Doing some online shopping, then go on over to gameofmicrophones.com, scroll down to the bottom and click on our link to Amazon. As an Amazon associate, we earn from qualifying purchases. Any contribution you make helps, and you can help secure the continued existence of GOM. And make sure to check out Sirenicide and Hearing the Haunted, the horror drama podcasts featuring me and Archmaster Stitches. Go to Sirenicide.com and HearingTheHaunted.com or download them wherever you get your podcasts. Next episode, we'll be covering House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 10, the finale, The Black Queen. (laughs) We'll be recording on Monday afternoon again, so make sure to send us your episode feedback as quickly as possible following the show's airtime so we can include your thoughts on Game of Microphones. If you'd like to call, you can call us at 813-JOFFREY. That's 813-563-3739. If you'd like to send a Raven, you can email us at ravens at gameofmicrophones.com. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash gompodcast. Each week, we're posting a feedback thread where you can leave your thoughts and comments on new episodes for us to read on air. You can also watch Game of Microphones on YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, and Odyssey. Audio podcasts are great, but... Video is better. (laughs) And we're currently trying to build our minuscule, tiny subscriber count, so go to youtube.com slash Game of Microphones now and subscribe. Likes, comments, and shares are also appreciated. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Minds at GOM Podcast. And on Tumblr at Game of Microphones. All right, that's our show. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. We must not rule with cruelty and callousness. For all her faults, she is your sister, your your father's daughter. Do you love me? You imbecile. (laughs) (laughs) That means you've seen all previously episode airs all previously aired <laughs> season one episode nine the Grut council <laughs> oh. since i don't like since i don't like the green <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
The Green Council. <laughs> Council. <laughs> Wearing little black boots, little, little leather blue, little leather boots. If Allison, you know, is as pure as the wind-driven snow, as you like to think. Um, <laughs> as I know, to say, you mean? <laughs> I wrote all the names down. Uh, the scheming, the scheming plotters, the plotting schemers. Darkling uh, plots. Filling in for me today is the tweet. Nice. And thunder ominously rolls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give me a mic check. <laughs> Perfect. As the Canadians would say, beauty, eh? So basically, uh, what's the, like, the law of primacy? That's a different thing, but I was trying to think of a smart thing to say. <laughs> Just, just you know, going to get my horse. No, nothing to see here. You know, the little boy that was the bag man. Arak, Eric, <laughs> Eric. I thought for a moment there might be a dragon sitting on the other side <laughs> of the gate. That, would, like, oh, that would be crazy. Let go of me. And I think as uh, as they're carrying him off, he says, do you know who I am? <laughs> it always it always cracks me up when people drop that line. It's like, yeah. does it matter? You're in trouble. Yep. Probably didn't get a uh, trial by the jury of his peers. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and if he can't get Mo Feetsies, maybe he would be upset. <laughs> he might be loyal to them stanky feet. He has died and y'all are up to no good. Y'all are up to <clears throat> no good. That's like the first time I've ever said y'all out loud, I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Allison, you know, has the right of this. She has the, the temperament and thought process of, you know, counting the cost of her people, you know, more than, you know, most rulers do. She's obviously way better fitted than Aegon would be. Get out of here. I may only be a young girl <laughs> without knowing the ways of war. <laughs> no, so yeah. R.I.P. man. R.I.P. Roy Dotrice. Yeah. He was so awesome. Yeah. But um, she has people pretty, in the in the keep, you know, like her spiders yeah, are slinking around. Everybody's at danger if, if Missaria is angered. All right. I got to Gotta roll. Run. All right. Oh, yes, sir. Sounds good, brother. Stop recording here. Stop recording. All right, there. Nice. Actually, not nice. <laughs> what the hell? You know I'm fucked in the head. <laughs> Eric is the one that goes black and never goes back. You know what you got to do if you want answers. You know how to get them. Take them shoes off. We're doing the thing. This is where she takes the stockings off. Oh, so, you know, it's really getting serious. Out of my way. I will not let this treachery stand. <laughs> treachery. The greens are treacherous. <laughs> totally. This way, you filthy peasants. Exactly. You drive them with horse and whip. It's weird to talk about poop in terms of favorites but <laughs> bird poop is the best poop because it doesn't stink right. at all you know and you just whoop, wipe it off and it's gone my favorite poop yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly it's my favorite my favorite poop Ugh, nasty so they're really really making um allison like cersei in terms of the music that's what the music is telling us that these characters are like parallel characters Ugh. <laughs> this is Rainey's ring in the bell. Maylee sort of did that. Yeah. She sort of jumped and then kind of got through the door with her wings kind of pulled back. And then she zoomed through, you know, that tight little space of the of the closing door and 
<laughs> yeah, speaking of flight, uh, you go around and around the room, Loki, for our <laughs> okay. audio viewers, Loki is just doing laps around Duncan. I think she's going to go. <laughs> and I'll splice that earlier as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're all out of order. Yeah, yeah. Do you love me? Make way. Make way for the royal wheelhouse. I say, make Make way for the royal horse law. <laughs>